this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. reading from the book of Hebrews. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the word of the Lord. So I'm glad you're here tonight. We're starting a brand new sermon series. We just finished up our Christmas season, and now we're starting a brand new series called Jesus is Better. Jesus is better. You may think, well, Jesus is better than what? The answer is yes. He's better than whatever you're thinking of. He's better. And so the book of Hebrews is what we'll be going through for several weeks, taking about a four-week break to celebrate Easter with another series. And then we're going to pick back up where we left off uh, for several months in Hebrews. And Hebrews is a packed filled with, um, with showing how Jesus ties into the Old Testament. A lot of times people think, well, the Old Testament is about God, and then the New Testament is about Jesus. But Hebrews is one of those fascinating, powerful books that shows us, no, 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 no. The Old Testament has always been about Jesus. It's just that they didn't understand it was about him until he actually entered into the world and became the manifestation of God on earth. And so Hebrews is is jam-packed with wonderful truths, and tonight we're going to focus on the superiority of Jesus. So the word superiority means you're superior. You're better than. And so we're going to see how Jesus is superior. Uh, there's, there's a deadly disease in our world today, and it affects every one of us. And that, that disease is called self-absorption, being consumed with self. All we do is thinking, uh, think about ourselves. Our neighborhood, our, our workplace is, is devastated by this. Uh, you're sitting next to people who are just wrought with this disease right now. You're married to them. You are children to them. You are parents to them. Your boss is one of them. Even your best friend is a sufferer of self-absorption. And to top it off, every one of you are suffering from it as well in some way, shape, or form. You may think, well, I don't know if I really struggle with that. And you, you may struggle with it a lot less. It may be that you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit and you're just conquering it like a boss and we should celebrate that, okay? But let me just give you some ways that might surprise you that you would be able to see, oh, maybe I do struggle with self-absorption. Here's some signs of self-absorption. Are you easily defensive? Someone says something to you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you defend yourself. 
Are you easily offended? Someone says something and then you're just immediately jumping to be offended by that. It's a sign of uh, self-absorption. People who are self-absorbed, they can't see the big picture because the only thing they are focused on is how this affects me. For example, if there's a huge problem that affects the world, you're like, I don't really care as long as it doesn't affect me. That's a sign of self-absorption. People who are this way are also imposing. They often manipulate people and say, you should do this or you must do this. Should and must. They force their way. Are you insecure? Do you look to fill the gaps in your life with something new? That's self-absorption. Do you feel superior to others? And I don't just mean that you think that you have your act together more than them. I mean feel superior to where you don't even really value them. You dismiss them and just wonder how they could even claim humanity. (laughs) Self-absorption. Do you devalue those who you find less than? I struggle with, uh, I noticed the, the other night that um, I, I drove, I drive Uber, and the uh, other night there were some two ladies that got in, and they both had their small little puppy dogs, and I was on the Upper East Side, so this is going to make sense in just a minute. <laughs> and they were just consumed with talking about their little babies, and their grooming, and all these things, and they were just so superior in their thought of themselves as to how, you know, I rescued my dog. And, uh, you know, these type of things, and, uh, oh, I do this and do that. And, um, and I, I was like, dear Lord, please let this car ride go quickly. I don't think I can do this. And I, I started to feel better than them. I was like, I don't do that with my dog. I mean, I love my dog. Don't get me wrong. I'll talk to you about her. I'll show you pictures. But I'm not that crazy. And so uh, I, was just, I started to feel superior. And then they started talking about restaurants, and they were nitpicking all these little things. I'm like, guys, come on. I started to get tired of it, and then I found myself starting to feel superior to them. I am, but I, you know, I just want to confess it. I'm kidding. I'm not. Are you a kind of person that looks to use your friendships to get something you want? I can't be friends with them right now. They're not giving me what I need. Self-absorption. Extremely opinionated. What I mean by this is not that you have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. That's fine. But is your opinion always the right one? Self-absorption. You struggle with having long-lasting relationships because something happens to where you're like, this is just not worth it. And so you don't stick through with it. I'm not talking about good reasons to stop relationships. I'm talking about nitpicky. If you ever watch Seinfeld, yeah, a few of you, Seinfeld always found a reason to like not like the woman, right? And so it was, there was always something that got on her nerves, his nerves. So struggle to have long-lasting relationships. Uh, there's no sense of empathy. Your, your compassion for other people is conditional. By that, I mean that you, the, instead of giving them compassion, you stop it because they're not meeting the conditions that you deem appropriate to give people compassion. Self-absorption. Do you hide insecurities behind an image of success? That one seems to jump out really, especially in our world of social media where we project an image of success. But we can hide our insecurities behind these things. Do we devalue others when we're talking to others about others? Put them down to make ourselves look better. I hear a lot of that in the cab too. And I, I struggle with it at times. 
self-absorption? Are we arrogant? Do you hide who you are because you're afraid that people are going to see the real you and you'll be exposed? Are you afraid of being vulnerable? That's a sign of self-absorption. An obvious one would be that you're extremely selfish. If everything that you have is yours and yours alone and you don't want to share anything with anyone, that's, a, I think, a clear sign of self-absorption. And finally, I'll stop with this one. Do you think you're a great person, but people out there are wrong? I'm, I'm a good person. If more people were like me, this world would be a better place. It's the people out there that have the problem. You spend more time asking God to fix them than you do asking God to fix me. It's a sign of self-absorption. And so this, this disease is, is deadly for us. It it's, can be summed up in the word sin, where we are the center of our lives, that we become the superior being. We can actually take this and turn it over or, or, or apply it to our faith in Jesus as well, to where we start to use him to get what we want. Could you be self-absorbed in your faith to, to where you're not really interested in Jesus, you're just like, okay, what can, what can he offer me? What can I get from him that I'm really needing in my life? Are you ashamed of telling others that you believe in Jesus? Like, I just, I want to keep that private. I don't, nobody needs to know about that. I just keep that between me and God. That's what real religion is anyway. Just between me and him. That's not what religion is. That's just what we tell you, all right? And so if, that, if that's true, then that's one of these signs of self-absorption that we're so worried about what others think that we will hide these things. Are we timid about our faith? Are we uncertain when it comes to Jesus? Are we questioning? Are we doubting? There's, there's, there's room in our faith to ask God questions. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're always questioning him. It's not like, God, will you help me understand? It's just like, God, I don't think you understand this. I think you need to th- see things from my perspective. That's self-absorption. And so tonight I want us to see that, that the superiority of Jesus means that, that he is better than you think. Even if your view of him is high, he's even greater. And especially if your view of him is low, if you think he's weak, then he is much greater than you think. If you find yourself being self-absorbed in any of those categories, you're like, yeah, I, I struggle with that, then tonight's message is great news for you. And if you find yourself saying, I don't know, I really want to find myself in there because I know that I am not perfect, but I, I don't feel like I'm very self-absorbed, then that's good. And I don't want you to feel like, you know, like make something up. Like, I don't know, I couldn't think of anything, so I'm just going to make up some sins, you know. You know, don't, don't make that up, but celebrate the fact and realize that tonight's message is even great news for you as well because it can help you take a next step in your understanding of how great and wonderful Jesus is. It will encourage you. Either way, get ready for some good news and hope and life to be spoken into your lives. Are you ready? Amen. So if you want to look in your worship folder, there's the... Uh, the outline you can follow with, uh, follow along with. I want to go through these. Actually, I'm going to go one, two, three. And we're going to fill them in, and I'm going to talk about them for a couple minutes uh, briefly. But I want to kind of get these out there for you to process because they, they tie together nicely, and, and they give us a more complete picture instead of just one piece at a time. So if you'll start with me here, this is the first Sunday of 2019. Woot, woot. See you later, 2018. Hello, 2019. Whether you like it or not, it's here, so let's celebrate it, right? I'm excited for 2019. Uh, Set the bar higher for your view of who Jesus is because he's far superior than anything you've imagined. So let's start with number one. Number one is this. 
It all begins and ends with Jesus. Number one is it all begins and it ends with Jesus. And so self-absorption, focusing on self, has really no place in the Christian life because it begins with him and it ends with him. And everything in between is all about him as well. We're going to see that, that he is the creator and he is the heir of all things. Number two, we know God through knowing Jesus. We know God through knowing Jesus. And a lot of times in, in life we're like, I wonder what God thinks about this. And listen, a lot of times we have those questions because we haven't been studying who Jesus is. The reason we don't know what God thinks is because we don't care, if we want to be honest. We don't care enough to go and dive into the Scriptures and, and, and read the Gospels and see what Jesus loved and see what Jesus uh, detested and, and see what he celebrated and see what he condemned. We don't, we don't care enough to know. And so we're like, God, I just wish you would make yourself known to us. He has made himself known to us through Jesus. And we have a testimony that is written down, preserved for thousands of years for us to read and to dive into and get to know God. And so if you want to know God, you will get to know him when you get to know Jesus. Number three, Jesus brings enduring peace to every aspect of our lives. Enduring peace to every aspect of our lives. The, the Hebrew word shalom, it, it means peace or welfare or prosperity. And when that word is used in the Old Testament, it, it is not used in just one specific application to where it's talking about my health or where it's talking about uh, my relationships with, with people, or whether it's talking about my financial situation, or whether it's talking about whatever. Shalom is this all-encompassing peace that is from God, that covers every aspect of our lives. And it's not the short-lived peace or, or fulfillment that we find when we do something that brings a thrill or um, uh, joy or, or, or short happiness to our lives. It's more than that. It, it brings those things to us, but it's something that will last for a lifetime. And we'll see also that it will last for an eternity. So these are the three things that we see is that, that, it, that begins and it ends with Jesus. And we know God through knowing Jesus. And that this Jesus brings this enduring peace to every aspect of our lives. So if we look at number one again, and we can, we can look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Two, and we'll see where it begins and ends with Jesus. You can read with me here. It says, but in these last days, so the first verse said in, in the past, Jesus spoke through the prophets, and, but now this, this new way of communication has just, just opened up. And instead of speaking through the prophets uh, a little here and there, God has spoken through the high prophet, you know, the, the great high priest, Jesus. And so, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So, those two things, I just flipped them because it begins and ends. The heir of all things is where things are ending up. Everything that is, uh, that, that brings glory to God in this earth is, is heading to Jesus whether it's going there like we are, and I'm praying that you are too, that we are saying, yes, I can't wait for Jesus to come back, and, and I can't wait to, to, to see him and to thank him and rejoice when he returns, or whether it's the other side where we just get dragged into eternity 
kicking and screaming, but everything is heading to Jesus. That's where the world is heading. And so you, as a Christian, we look at the world and it's not appropriate for us to say, this world is heading to hell. You know, there may be hellish things happening, but this world is heading to a godly heaven. That's where the world is ending up. Now, are there bad things happening? Absolutely. Are there things that are, that are hellish and demonic and evil? Yes. But that does not have the final say. The final say is Jesus is going to come back and he's going to destroy evil fully. It's going to be the greatest movie you've ever seen. I love it when the hero wins, right? We, we, we love to see good triumph over evil. That's what all these movies are about. There's something within us that desires justice. And that something within us is planted there by God. And it's heading to that end. That justice is coming and Jesus is the heir of all things. And then going back to that verse, it not only is the heir of all things where everything is going, but he didn't just inherit this from his father, but it said through whom he created the world. So God created the world through Jesus. It wasn't God's plan B, like, oh, didn't see that coming. Adam, Eve, shouldn't have put that tree there. My bad. Didn't see that happening. I better come up with another plan. There wasn't another plan. It was always about Jesus being exalted as the one and only Son of God. So he's the creator of all things, and he is the heir of all things. And so this world, when you look around at it, it begins and it ends with Jesus. And in between, we get to play a role in that, and that's exciting for us. We get to play a vital role in seeing God redeem his creation. It begins and ends with Jesus. The second one, it, it talked about, it says that we know God through knowing Jesus. How many of you would just love to have a word from God? All right? I would love for God to just show up and just speak to me. And he, and he has in some ways, not audibly, but in, in ways, you know, he's given me dreams before. He's given me just this strong knowing of, uh, of knowing that this is the decision or this is a word from God. And, and those have come during times of, of really seeking him. And so God doesn't play games with us to where he's like, I'm just going to see how bad you want to hear from me. You know, and he doesn't manipulate us. But he can also not be fooled by us. So sometimes you can tell that someone is not really interested in you, but they're interested in what they can get from you. Sometimes people don't love us even when they say they love us. They love how they feel when they're with us. God can see through that. And so for us, the question is, do we truly love God? Are we truly seeking Him? Or do we just want Him to be a genie in a bottle? Or someone that can just give us what we want? And we're going through the motions in order to fulfill what we want in life. I think so. I think we all do that at some point. We may be struggling with it even in this moment. They, we're just the blinders coming off in this moment right now. And we're like, yep, that's me. I don't really want God as much as I just want my life to be better and he needs to fix it. And if that's something that you could admit, that's a great step to take tonight. Because that is what God needs to hear. That's what gets his attention. When you can go to him and say, God, I am sorry. I have been using you and I just need to own up to it. And God will look at you and he'll say, you have my full attention right now. 
God is looking for people. His, his, his second Chronicles something, 16-something, I think. And it talks about the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro over the earth, looking for a people that he can strengthen. The other part of that was a rebuke to Israel because it was like, he looked, but you weren't there. But God is desiring it, so we want to be those people. We want to know God through knowing Jesus. Look in the uh, verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 1. It says, uh, talking about the uh, knowing God through knowing Jesus, it says, He is the radiance of the glory of God. So this radiance, the glory of God is Jesus. And this Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. So if you want to know what God believes about something, look to Jesus. If you want to know how glorious and wonderful and compassionate and kind and, and um, uh, powerful, if I didn't say that already, you can look to Jesus and see that when I see him, I see God. He is not an image of God. He is not just created in his image. Like you and I are created in the image of God, but Jesus is the exact imprint. He is the Son of God. We know God through knowing Jesus. And the third one, if we can go back to that, is this. Jesus brings enduring peace to every aspect of our lives. We live in a very um, tumultuous time. And I think it's really hard to have peace in our lives. Because we've made it hard. I actually don't think it's that hard. I think we make it hard. I think we make it difficult for us to have peace in our lives because we are so distracted that we just don't even give God time. We cry out to him. Larry talked about last week, and I love the illustration that, that we're on the platform of the subway, and we're, we're on the, the Queens-bound side of the platform, and there's the Queens-bound train, and we're trying to go to Manhattan the other way, and we'll never get there because we're out of position. And that, that happens a lot with our peace. It was like, God, why don't I have peace in our, in our lives and it's because we're out of position. We're not listening to him. We're, we're not even considering what it is that he wants for our lives. Or if we are, it's just minimal effort. And when you give minimal effort, you get minimal uh, return. And so Jesus brings this enduring peace to every aspect of our lives. And I want us to look in verse uh, 3 again, and we'll see where he, he does this. It says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power, uh, by the word of his power. He upholds the universe by the power, by the word of his power. And the next part, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the three words in your worship folder for this is that we say he upholds the universe. It's sustainer. He is our sustainer. That He is the one right now who is holding this universe together. He's sustaining it. He's keeping it going. And when you understand that's who Jesus is, that he's doing that right now, that's going to bring peace to you when you see havoc being just wreaked. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. But when you see people wreaking havoc uh, all over the world, it gives you peace to realize, you know what, somehow, someway, God is still sustaining this world. It would still be, you know, he's the one that's holding the earth at a proper axis right now so that we get four seasons, or here in New York, two and a half seasons, right? So it's at a proper axis. He's the one that's holding all these things together. He's sustaining it. 
So he brings peace in the world around us that, okay, God, you're in control. The second way is that he's the purifier of sins. So when you mess up and when I mess up, we we realize, you know what? I'm not the perfect one. I'm not the chosen one. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not self-absorbed where I'm looking to me to save me. But I'm looking to God, and now I look to him, and now I have peace because he's the purifier of my sins. And that doesn't change. You know, it's really easy at times when uh, we come to faith in Christ and we believe in him and we we have this newness. We're like, yes, Jesus, you washed away all my sins. And then we start to walk with the Lord in obedience. And then we stumble. And then we stumble. Then we get caught in this. Or by caught, I don't mean like you get busted. I mean, you're you're struggling. You're, You're bound up in this sin and you can't get out of it. And somehow we think that the gospel is less applicable to us then as it was to the very beginning. That same gospel is what we need. That I'm not purified by my obedience. I am purified by the blood of Jesus. I am purified by what he did for me, not by what I do for him. I get bound up and caught in a false religion and I start to feel really low about myself and and I devalue me. I'm so self-absorbed with me and I did this wrong, I did this wrong. Jesus, I was terrible, I'm a terrible person. But that's not the point. The point is he's the one who purified your sins. Obedience hinders our relationship with Him, our proximity, our position, our our ability to receive favor and blessings from God. But our obedience is not what purifies us. So this enduring peace that because I trust in Jesus' sacrifice for me, my sins are forgiven. They're wiped away. I'm clean. That is an enduring peace. And the third one is this, that Jesus is the ruler over that he sits down, he is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, and that is a picture of power, that God is full of power, that, that Jesus is the right hand, the powerful, authoritative, ruling hand of God. Isn't that good news? I mean, authority scares a lot of us at times, where we think, I don't really trust people in authority. But when you see who Jesus is, and when you see how compassionate he is, how kind he is, how wonderful he is, when you see him, then you celebrate the fact that he is the ruler of all things. He is seated at the right hand of God. So tonight, I want you to focus on this. Jesus is better than you think. It doesn't matter how you stack up what matters when the Christian faith is how Jesus stacks up. And for weeks and even a few months, we're going to be focused on how Jesus is better than anything we can imagine. He's not limited by our understanding of him. And I want to challenge you as well to, to worship Jesus, not for what you hope he will give you. Don't come to church like, If I go to church and if I read my Bible, then God will give me something. That's true. That's how it works. But it's a dangerous way to look at it. The more proper perspective is to to go to church and to celebrate and to get into the Scriptures and get to know God because of what He's already done for you. Not because of what He's going to do, but because of what He's already done for you. And if that's the base, if that's the foundation of your faith, then you can start looking at the promises of what God is going to do in your life, and it won't ruin you and cause you to chase after God as someone who would just check off boxes of what you need in your life. But you focus on God. You have been faithful and good, and you've purified me of my sins, and you've given me hope and life forever. I bless your name. And from that foundation, you start to look for the promises.
The way to have peace in life for you and for me is to surrender to the superior Jesus, to submit yourself under his lordship, to focus on him as your beginning and your end and realize, God, you started my life and you're going to end it when it's time. And I'm going to trust you that you're the Lord of both. It began and ends with you. And realize that Jesus, through you, that's how I'm going to get to know God. You are my sustainer, my heroic Savior. And Lord, you are reigning as the authority whose throne and kingdom will never end. That's who Jesus is. I want you to listen to this as I close. Listen to this. It says, it's about Jesus. In infancy... He startled a king. In childhood, he amazed religious scholars. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked on stormy waves, and he hushed the raging sea to sleep. He healed multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never practiced psychiatry, Yet he has healed more broken hearts than all doctors far and near. He never wrote a book, yet his life has inspired more books than any other man. He never wrote a song, yet he has furnished the theme for more songs than all songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marshaled an army. He never drafted a soldier, and he never fired a gun. Yet no leader ever had more rebels surrender to him without a shot fired. I like that one. King Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Death could not destroy him. And the grave could not hold him. Amen? That is the superiority of Jesus. This is him. He is superior to all. He's not an add-on to your life. He's not someone that you just come in and say, you know what, I think Jesus makes sense for my life, so yeah, I'll dabble with that for a while and see how it works out. That's not who he is. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is master. He is Lord not only over us, but over all the earth. And so the question for you is, what are the next steps in your life. Maybe you can commit to reading the Gospel of John every day in January, or throughout January. Just read that one Gospel for the month of January and, and pray and, and speak Scripture over your life. And you can do like me. I, I, well, <laughs> I can't say that truthfully. But what you can do is replace Netflix, because <laughs> I still watch it some. Replace Netflix with spending 30 minutes a day in worship. Like, instead of watching the, one of those episodes of The Office, just say, for 30 minutes, I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to worship the Lord, and I'm going to read for 30 minutes. And then afterwards, I can go watch whatever you know, I want to watch. But making some choices to say, God, you really do mean something to me. It's one thing to sit here and, and listen, and it's one thing to you know, listen to the right radio station. It's another thing to take a step of faith and say, I'm actually going to take action. And I'm going to start small, and I'm going to be faithful with it, and I'll take my next step after that. And you might be here today, and you might need to say, I need to surrender my life to the Lord. And if that's your prayer, tonight I hope you will pray and give your life to the Lord Jesus.
because he is yearning for your rebellious, self-absorbed heart to come home and be made new. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for an opportunity tonight to celebrate how wonderful, how superior you are. Tonight we are hearing from your scripture that you are magnificent, that you are far above anything that we could imagine, that you are more than our hearts could even hope for. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, expose to us ways that we are absorbed with ourselves and that we would turn from those ways. And we would say, Jesus, you are the Lord, and because of you, I am not insecure. I am totally secure. Because of you, I don't have to hide behind an image that other people have of me. Because of you, I do not have to be defensive or get offended so easily. Because of you, I can look at the big picture and realize my life really isn't all that much about me. And then if I get to that, you'll actually do great things through me. Lord, I don't have to impose my way on people because I am trusting in your way. I don't have to feel superior to others because I realize that you value them as much as you value me. I don't have to use people to get what I want because I have all that I want in you. Lord, I can look upon people with compassion and desire good things for their lives, even my enemies. Because, Lord, as I was your enemy, you looked upon me with compassion and you rescued me. Lord, give me a heart like yours. In Jesus' name, amen.